Good morning, Frontline Church. What a blessing to be with you today. Um, and I trust that you will really enjoy this morning's service. It's really lovely to, um, I can see in my mind's eye, even if you're not physically there, but um, I can see myself turning left into Hall Road and, and going into the area of Malbarton, um, all these funny names. So I see that in my mind's eye, stopping at the church and greeting the people and walking in. So one misses that. Um, truly miss you guys. Um, sorry for my emotion, <laughs> but uh, yes, truly missing you and looking forward to be with you in person soon. This morning, I, I really have in my heart as I asked the Lord this week, what, what do I share with you this morning? I believe the Lord gave me two perhaps surprising words, and the words are one chance. We've got one chance, we've got one life, but we've got one chance to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, one chance only. And this is the short life that we have, the short life of 70 or 80 years um, and 90 if you're lucky or unlucky. Uh, but that is the time we have to serve the Lord and fulfill our purpose in God. And you may ask me this morning, you know, why do I speak of, of one chance, one life now? Because we only have one chance and we are on the last days. So if you have done nothing up to now, <laughs> then, it's, then it's really time to do something. And the Lord Jesus did not leave us alone. When we went to heaven, John 15, 26 and Matthew 28, 20 says that He left us Holy Spirit. He did not leave us alone. He gave us His Spirit. Holy Spirit is with us. He's in us. And Holy Spirit is the one that's inside of us. So the kingdom of God is really inside of us. We have got the same power um, that rose Jesus from the dead is in us. So this morning, I want, to, I want to share something with you about one of the revivals that happened in the world in the 1950s. Um, there were two ladies, two ladies. The one was 82 years old and she was blind. The other lady was 84 years old and she was bent over of arthritis. And these two ladies were such hungry, so hungry for revival. They were such prayer warriors, so hungry for revival. And they prayed the next verse in the Bible, Isaiah 44, verse 3, which reads, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. And the story runs like this. It is happened in Scotland the Isles of the Hebrides in one of the islands. And these two old ladies started praying. They couldn't go to church. They were too old. They were too ill. But they could pray. And they prayed. And they prayed this verse of Isaiah 44, 3, over and over again. I will pour water upon him that's thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. And I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they prayed this verse over and over and over again they prayed they made supplication book for the lord and people joined them joined them in their the apartment that they lived in and these two smith sisters were really the key 
to the revival in the Hebrides in the 50s. And more and more people joined. And, 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 and the one sister called the local pastor or reverend and said, you know, you must get the people together. Get the people together. And he said, well, the town has an opposition against you, you two praying for revival. They don't want revival. Um, and then the one sister said, please come and pray with us. You as pastor, please come, or reverend, please come and pray with us. And he came. And as they were praying, God convinced him. And he said, the one sister said that, you must now go to the church because God has accumulated a congregation for you right there at your church. And he couldn't believe it, but what he did was he went down and lo and behold, the church was full. People were sitting outside. There were so many people he couldn't believe his eyes. All touched by the Spirit of God because of prayer. And you know, for many, many years, I, many people know that, but for many, many years, I've prayed Isaiah 32, 15 over this body of Christ that the Lord will pour His Spirit out on us upon high and the wilderness will become a fruitful field and the fruitful field will become a forest. And I've prayed Acts 2, verse 17, it will come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, that I'll pour out my Spirit, well-known verse, on all flesh. Daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams, even the men and maid servants I will pour my spirit on, and they will prophesy, says the Lord, and I will show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth beneath. And you may ask me, but what does that have to do with one chance? And I have one life, but I've got one chance. You know what it means? It means that there are a number of things that God has given us that we must be so careful of what we do with it. And the bottom line of that is that we must be so sure that in this time we don't waste time because a day wasted is a day lost. And I want to touch on a few things with you that praying is one of the most important things that I found in my life uh, to be useful in the hands of God. You may sit and listen online this morning you may say, you know, I prayed and this does not happen and I pray and that does not happen. That does not matter. The fact is that you are praying. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, he said, pray unceasingly. Um, Jude 20 says, if we pray, we build up our most holy faith. Romans 8, 26 says, when we pray in the Spirit, Holy Spirit intercede for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, why is that important this morning? You know, two, God used two old ladies, 82 and 84, to pray with such hunger for revival that revival came to the Hebrides. And revival came to many other places in Scotland. And I can't remember whether the Welsh revival was just after that, but then Evan Roberts came and the Welsh revival broke out. Whether he was influenced by that, I can't remember the dates exactly, but I think it was about in the same time. And a revival broke out. People got healed. People got saved. People supernaturally were delivered. And miraculously, heaven came to earth in the Isles of the Hebrides because of the continuous, persistent prayer of two very, very old ladies. 
And I must say to you, when I read that, the Lord spoke to me and he said, My son, you've got one chance. One chance. One chance in life. If you mess it up, then you mess it up. One day you'll stand before the Lord and, and you may say, But yes, Lord, I, I wasn't qualified, Lord. I, I, Lord, I, you know, really, I wasn't qualified. Lord, you know, other people can do this. No, 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 no. Each one of us that's been saved has got a purpose on earth. And our purpose is to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You've got one chance. You've got one life, one chance to serve the Lord, to love the Lord. And one of the things that I want to run through is a few things that influence us or that hinder us sometimes is our eyes and our ears. Our eyes and our ears are very dangerous things. They are wonderful things that God has given us. But our eyes and our ears look at the media. Our ears listen to voices, distractions. We become fearful. Even in this time of COVID-19, we become fearful. People are fearful. They are doubting God. You see faithless people. You see people that, that is completely hopeless. They've given up hope. And they say, but oh my goodness, you know, what my eyes and my ears see influences my heart, influences my mind, influences my words, influences my actions. And the Lord is saying to you this morning that your spirit is a lamp of your heart. And that's what God searches. So what your eyes see influences your mind, influences your heart, influences your words, influences your actions. So one must be so careful what your eyes do. Matthew 13, 15 is an amazing scripture where it's written that the hearts of his people have grown dull. Matthew writes, their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their hearts. Lest they would understand with their hearts and return to God that he will heal them. So what is the Lord saying? New Testament, Matthew 13. What is the Lord saying? The Lord is saying, watch your ears, watch your eyes, watch what you see, watch what influences you, watch what influences your mind, what influences your heart, what influences your words, because that influences your actions. And the important thing, second to that, is, is very simply that our eyes must be focused on the Lord. That is, that is what our eyes and our ears must be. Our eyes must be focused on the Lord. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So that says to you, you know what I do these days? I read the Bible aloud. I'm alone at home. So I read the Bible aloud. So what I read, I hear. And the amazing thing of that is it it is done something. Something what I read with my eyes and my ears hear that I remember it better. Why it's like that, I don't know. The second aspect that we must be careful of is our mind. So the first one, eyes and ears. The second one, our mind. Because what our eyes and our ears see influences what is happening in our mind. So what happens in our thoughts, whether you have sin in your life, whether you've got fleshly thoughts, whether you're selfish, whether you've got a lack of love and peace and joy, whether you fall in the category of um, uh, 2 Timothy 3, where um, Paul writes very clearly and said, in the last days, the love of people will grow cold. They will not want to hear the gospel. They will be lovers of self. Uh, they will do what they want. And uh, 
There will be lawlessness, and that's exactly what we see today in the year 2020. We see that. We see that upon the whole earth. And the amazing thing of our mind is that Romans 12, 2, which is a well-known scripture that you know so well, that we must not conform to the world, but be transformed, renewing our mind. To what? To the Word of God. Because the Word of God is not a piece of paper. It's not just a document that has been written. It is life. So when you read it, when you quote it, when you stand on it, it's life. And that's the important thing of our mind, that we will rather think word. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And if we read the word and fill ourselves with the word, my question to you this morning is a simple one. Um, what is the most important thing to you in your daily life? Is the normal run of the mill, um, when it was, it's now running for five months that we, we are locked down, um, what is the most important thing? Was the working from home? Uh, was the standing up in the morning and having breakfast and working and, and having a normal day and, or working late or whatever the case may be? What was your focus? What was, what was the focus? What was in your mind? Um, did you ever think of it to phone other people, even if you could not visit them? Could you go before the Lord and pray for people in the church and ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, who can I phone? There are so many people that the Lord just brought up in my spirit that I phone. It's, it's an excitement. It's an adventure. Because my eyes and my ears is focused on the Word of God. My mind is being transformed. I'm renewing my mind. I want to do what the Bible says. And when I read it and there are things that I'm not doing, then I change. Then I said, Lord, forgive me. And I so sense in my heart that the Lord says, Carl, your mind sometimes are so busy with things of the past. You must let go. And not easy to let go if you lost your partner. But that's what he said. Let go. Fill yourself with my word. Fulfill your purpose. Finish the race. Stretch yourself forward. Finish the race. And that so encouraged me. Isaiah 43 um, the prophet uh, makes a well-known quotation. He says, God says, I'm bringing a new thing. He says, forget the things of the past. He says, I'm doing a new thing. You will see it. You'll see the new thing. Now you will even see that I'll destroy your enemies. But what you will also see, I will make a way for you in the wilderness. Some Bible translation says that I'll make a highway for you in the wilderness. And I will bring rivers in the desert. Now let me shock you for a moment. The water God gave was for 3 million Jews and about 2 million animals. So for 5 million people, God created a way in the wilderness. I wonder how God did that. And He created rivers in the desert. And you know what? As I sat with that, I felt Holy Spirit speak to me and said, where God wanted them to walk, that's where the rivers flowed. So actually they just walked alongside the river because that's where the water was in the desert and they stayed close to the water so the river actually directed their direction is what God wanted them to walk so what am I saying their minds were sometimes on the Lord sometimes not but we can't afford that but you've got one chance one chance and one life you do not have two lives the second life is the eternal one and there you're in heaven so I'm not sure 
what we're going to do there, but what I can tell you, we can't save people because they're all, they're all saved. Uh, we can't pray for people to be filled with the Spirit because they're all filled with the Spirit. We can't pray for them for deliverance because there's no demons. We can't pray for them for healing because they are all healed. So we've got one chance in life, one chance only. The third aspect is our heart. And, and you may say a lot has been preached about the heart. Yes, a lot has been preached about the heart. But just think with me, if you've got one chance in your life and you hear the sermon this morning and you say to yourself, but Lord, change me, help me to change, help me to become effective in your hands, then you will understand that your heart is the center of vital action. It's a center of vital action. What do I mean by that? Interesting in, in 1 Kings 21, Jezebel, Ahab's wife, said to him, Exercise your authority over Israel. Go and eat your, arise, eat your food, and let your heart be cheerful, and I will give you the vineyard of, of, of Naboth, the Jezreelite. What did she say to him? The heart was such a center of vital action. She said to him, listen, cheer up. Let your heart cheer up. Arise, eat, be merry, be happy. Tomorrow Naboth is dead and you will have his vineyard. So the heart of Jezebel was set on destroying Naboth. And Ahab was very happy with that. So the important thing of the center of what one's heart does it is really a center of vital action. What happens in your heart, you act out. But what your heart also is, it's a center of your moral values. It's a center of your spiritual and your intellectual life. That's, it's a center of that. And if you put those two things together, vital action, spiritual life, um, intellectual life and moral values, uh, your heart must be directed at one thing. If you want to be an effective Christian, effective child of God, effective do something in the kingdom, effective be an instrument in the hands of Holy Spirit that's in you and listen to Holy Spirit. And I can't talk about listening to Holy Spirit today. That's a sermon all on its own. But what I want to, to let drop in your heart so heavily this morning, we are in the last days, you've got one chance. One chance to arise. One chance to listen to the Spirit of God. One chance to step out in faith. One chance to get active in the kingdom of God. To pray for people to bring heaven to earth. You've got one chance to bring heaven to earth. And that's whilst you're still alive. When you're old and ill, you can't do it. So you must do it as long as what you have power within yourself. And when you have life and you can do things and you can pray, you can be old and pray, but you can't go out and pray for people. That's very difficult. Although you can pray up revival. So here's my advice to you this morning. How do I use one chance in my life? Well, one scripture in the word that is so powerful, Luke 10, 27, that says, I must love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength and all my mind and my neighbor is myself. So that says, number one, I must love the Lord my God with all my heart. That's the first portion of that scripture. And if you do that, you'll find a very interesting thing. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 verse 5, old scripture says that men knows their heart. And God knows our heart, but we know our heart. 1 Corinthians 2 
verse 11 says a very interesting thing that says, For what man knows the thing of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? If you sit today and you say to me, Pastor Carl, listen, uh, but, but I can't do this, you know, and I've got a problem with that, I've got a problem with this. You know exactly what the things are in your spirit that's a problem. You know the thing that's a problem in your spirit. You know it. So you've got a choice. Either you keep it or you sort it out. One of the two. If you're in unforgiveness or you have got hatred or you've got bitterness or you feel you want to destroy someone, that is, a, that is the, the, the highlight and the pinnacle of unforgiveness. Because the next step of unforgiveness, you become uh, bitter. Uh, Hebrews 12. And then you, you begin to hate. And then you want to destroy that person. So destruction comes in, which is the worst form. And you see many people that are jealous on other people or people that offended people don't forgive and they become old and they don't forgive but it hinders them to pray hinders them to be effective people owe you money christians have offended you the church has offended you uh, things have happened in your life life is no joke but can i say to you what your heart is full of your mouth will speak and the bible speaks a lot of things about heart it speaks about the uncircumcised heart in Acts 7 and that speaks about people that's not born again um Matthew 13, 15, I've read to you previously, our hearts can grow, grow dull. You can become dull in the spirit. Our hearts can become hardened. Our hearts can be wicked. Our heart can be perverse. Um, that you can read in Proverbs. Our heart can become godless, Job says in Job 36, 12. Our hearts is deceitful and desperately wicked, Jeremiah writes in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. So the only hope for us is, that fortunately Romans 10.10 10 was written that says, with the heart the man believes. So when we believe and give our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, we get saved. That's step number one, salvation. Baptized in water, full of the Spirit of God, flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, becoming useful in the hand of God, hearing the voice of God. Then we become useful. And it's so important that in these days, Proverbs 4.23, Guard your heart, for out of it flow all the issues of life. So we're talking about eyes and ears. We're talking about the mind. We're talking about the heart. And I want to touch something else. I want to touch your words. And he says, yes, sir, but many times things have been preached about that. But, but think about it. What words do you speak every day? What do you see with your eyes and your ears? What fills your mind? What fills your heart? What fills your words? What do you speak? Do you speak life or death? Proverbs 18.21 what, what comes out your mouth? Do you moan and groan the whole time? Do you criticize your wife or your husband the whole time? Do you speak bad about other people the whole time? If you do, and that you keep yourself busy with that, then your mind is very, very far, and your words are very, very far away from the Word of God. Because the Word of God speaks life. Then I'll rather say, with your words, in the name of Jesus, proclaim the gospel. Get people saved to salvation. Uh, pray for them for healing. Set them free. Pray for them for deliverance. Let the lame walk and the blind see and the deaf hear and the mute speak. Let the dead rise. There is a hospital very close to Frontline Church. Very close to Frontline Church. I wonder who will be brave enough to walk in there and say, you know, the ill people that's about to die, you know, can I pray for them? Now that is also a pinnacle of one's faith, walking out and stepping out in faith. And if someone has died that you know, 
go there and ask the family, family, can I pray for this person? I've done that more than once in my life. Not one person I prayed for rose from the dead. But I felt so happy that I prayed for the person that I at least did that with the consent of the family. I at least tried. I at least put my faith out. So our words is important. Last thing on words very simply is prophesy life. Speak life. You see your grandchild is not doing well in school. Prophesy life over that child. And say you will do well. You will do well. I pray over you a godly memory. I pray over you a godly comprehension. You will understand maths and science like no one else. I pray that you will do the best in your class. You will stand first in your class. You'll do academically well. You'll have the favor of God. You'll have the favor of men. You'll have the favor of the teacher. You'll have the favor of your friends. That's prophesying the future. That is creating a future for that child that will not perhaps be if you have not prophesied it. So you can speak future, prophesy future. It is critical. Then the second last one is prayer. Very simply, we all know about prayer. Paul says, pray unceasingly in 1 Thessalonians 5. Pray unceasingly. Romans 8, 26 speaks about Holy Spirit that intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He knows everything about God. He knows everything what we must pray. But when we pray in the Holy Spirit, then we don't know what we are praying. But everything happens what God wants us to happen. And that is so critical to pray in the Spirit. Because what also happens is when we pray unceasingly and we pray in the Spirit, guess what happens? The power of God is released. The two old women prayed in Scotland. And they prayed in the Spirit. They were so hungry for revival. At 82 and 84, one bent over with arthritis, one blind. My goodness. They were so hungry for revival that they prayed and God got the congregation together and the revival came and it spread to many of the islands in Scotland. And the revival was what happened and it was such an amazing thing that happened. And it's so amazing if we think, if we make a priority to eat uh, and we want to eat, then, then what about making priority of praying? Praying is even more important than eating. Rather feed your soul first when you, before you feed your body. We're very keen in feeding our bodies. We all are like that. We are all human beings. But here is the last one, your actions. If you pray, it gives you confidence to act. If you pray in the Spirit, it gives you even more confidence. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more I find I pray in the Spirit. The more I pray in the Spirit, driving in the motor vehicle, walking in a mall, wherever, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying through the heartache in my heart of a, of a wife that's lost, praying, praying, praying. It's not easy. It is not easy. But you know what? If you persevere, then somewhere again you begin to hear the voice of God. You begin to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. You begin to hear that. And God begins to speak to you. And I feel that the Lord says to me, imitate me, imitate Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Be doers of the word, James 2 verse 11. So if we imitate the Lord, we must bring heaven to earth. That's what we must do. That's what Jesus did in Mark chapter 3. So we must do the same. Imitate Christ. Do what he did. Do what the disciples did that became apostles. Do what Paul did. 
great examples. That's our task on the face of the earth, to bring heaven to earth. We've got one chance. We've got one life. But you've got one chance, just one chance. I can remember as a little boy, my father asked me a question and he said, do you want a bicycle? I really needed a bicycle. As a, as a young boy of, I can't remember, eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere there, um, I said, yes, Dad, because I saw a bicycle. It was a BSA. It was a green bicycle with, with lovely mud guards with silver on, and it, it was a beautiful uh, bicycle, and it had a three-speed. Now, three-speed was a big thing in my day as a child. It was the first bike with three-speed. Dad, I want a BSA with a three-speed. It was the best I wanted. My dad said, do you know how much that costs? I said, yes, Dad, but you send me many times to Grandma that I must take her stuff, that I must walk down. If I can drive the bicycle, I can get there much quicker. So you see, if you pray, and you become a doer of the Word, you react much quicker. It's like God giving you a bicycle or a motorbike or a motor vehicle, and you move in the Spirit much quicker. And you're so full of confidence so your actions become real. You begin to advance the kingdom. You go to the restaurant. You are wide awake what the Spirit of God says. There may sit someone there and Holy Spirit speaks to you. Don't sit there. Stand up and speak to the person. Say, you know what? This is who I am. I'm just a Christian and my name is John or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I sense in my heart this is what God is saying to you. And share with the person and pray for the person. I've not found one person in a restaurant, in pick and pay, and whatever places. I found a person that said no when I gave them a word and prayed for them. Not one. So that is a chance God gives you. But it all depends finally. I come in for a landing. I conclude. We, it's so important. It all depends what your focus is on. Your focus is on the Lord. If your eyes and ears are on the Lord, your mind is on the Lord, your heart is on the Lord, your words are on the Lord, your prayers are on God, your actions are on God, then you're in the right place. Then the one chance in this life that God is giving you, you will use well. You'll stop having excuses because Holy Spirit will speak to you and you'll feel so convicted that you will do it. Holy Spirit never condemns us. One chance, one life. So let me just recap quickly. Your eyes and your ears, make sure that that's focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure that you are led by Holy Spirit, that you walk with Holy Spirit, Romans 8:14. Make sure. Make sure with your mind that you are focused on the Almighty God, that your mind is renewed according to the Word of God, that your mind is full of the Word. If you have a problem, refer to the Word of God. Refer to the Word. And quote the word and stand on the word. That's faith, standing on the word. If I pray, I never forget Mark eleven twenty four that says, If I pray and I ask God something, I receive it. And the Bible says, I shall have it. And that is an amazing scripture. I always pray that at the end of my prayers. I receive what I pray by faith. And the Bible says, I shall have it. And that's what I do. And I think the other important thing is, it's our hearts. Hearts very simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and with all your mind. Love Him. Because if you don't love God, you'll not do anything. If you don't love your husband or your wife, you'll be reluctant to do something for them. So love is the key in serving God. Love is the key of using the one chance 
of the purpose God has given you. He's given you one talent or two talents or five talents, but use those talents. Don't bury them in the ground. If I think about your words, pray, speak life, speak future, prophesy life. If I talk about prayer, bring heaven to earth because that's what happened. Because if you pray, you get that confidence and finally your actions be like Jesus in Mark chapter 1. Go and read Mark chapter 1. He comes into the city, he teaches, he heals, he chases the demons out. And at the end of the day, everyone comes to the house in that city where he is and bring all the demonic, all the ill and everyone there. And the Bible says he healed them all, he delivered them all. Wow, isn't that an amazing example? And you know what people needed in the last days? So frontline, my first sermon in my last sentence to you this morning is, my first sermon, when you got your new name, Frontline, God said to me, you are people that do not break rank and should not break rank. That means standing in the front line, like the old people in the in Middle Ages made war. They had lines and lines and lines of soldiers that moved forward. The front line could never break rank. No one could run away out of the front line because then everyone at the back will lose heart. So that was my first sermon that I preached with you. And I want to end off this morning to say to you and encourage you. Frontline, don't break rank. The whole of Joburg South is waiting for your actions. The whole of Joburg South is sitting in the restaurants, is walking the streets, in the malls, wherever. They are waiting for you to lead them to salvation. They're waiting for you to proclaim the gospel. They're waiting for you to pray for healing. If you see a guy in a wheelchair, if you see a guy hobbling, be confident and go and speak to the guy and say, can I pray for you? What's wrong with your leg? Pray for the guy. Nothing happens. That's fine. Pray again if you see another one. And then it happens. It really does. And I want to truly encourage you this morning. Uh, move forward as frontline continuously and advance the kingdom of God in Johannesburg. Remember, you've got one chance and you've got one life. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you this morning that we can rejoice in you, Lord. Father, I pray for every person in front line, everyone that sees my face, hears my voice. Father, I pray that you will stir them by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray, please help us. Lord, you say, Holy Spirit, you are our comforter. You are our guide. You are our helper. Lord, now I pray in the last days, help every member of Frontline Church, from Pastor Ryan and Ronell and the elders to every single member of that church, every single visitor of that church. Lord, that they will burn with a hunger for revival, that they will burn for a hunger to pray, that they will burn for a hunger to pray in the Spirit like never before in their lives. And Lord, that you will use their lives mightily that the one chance that you've given them, that you'll, they'll use it well. And you will come back and you say, wow, you were the five talents. You made another five. Well done, good and faithful servant. And with the two talents, you made another two. Well done, good and faithful servant. But that they will not be found like the one with one talent that buried it and had the anger of the master and the wrath of the master upon him. Father, I pray for frontline. They shall be people that shall not break rank, but they shall advance the kingdom of God in Johannesburg South in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. I bless you. 
Amen.